Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, where we are systematically discovering what the scripture teaches regarding theological topics. Our goal is to put the theological cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all reach them. And we'll seek to do this in a way that's very applicable to the lives we live, because the real power of theology is not just knowing it, but applying it. Hey, in previous podcasts, we've examined the theology regarding the Bible through the topics of big concepts like revelation, inspiration, illumination, infallibility, inerrancy, and lastly, we spoke about sufficiency. If you missed any of these, feel free to go back. We'd love for you to do that in our podcast list and give them a look over, or in this case, a listen over. (laughs) And today we are going to kick off a new round of topics for the next few podcasts where we will be talking about the Trinity. Pastor Jeff, I think probably my first introduction to the doctrine of the Trinity, this huge concept, probably came at a very young age with a giant red hymnal that was... The Broadman. It was really heavy in my hands, and you could barely get it out of the back of the pew as you're (laughs) squeezed in there in those wooden frames, pulling it out, and this great old hymn, Holy, 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 it was used as an anthem of sorts. Number one. And the Baptist hymnal, because I remember it too. It uh, went number one on the chart. It went number one on the chart. It was number one in Baptist world. And, you know, me that, that happened to me too. Over the years, God in three persons, blessed Trinity, that's how one of the stanzas ends, were just tattooed on me. And I... Mm. And I can remember singing the doxology. I don't know if you sang that in your church. Oh, but yeah. I was in a um, singing group where we would go into restaurants, and that's how we would pray over our meal. Oh, you bringing, were singing the restaurants. Oh, yeah, bringing nice. all kinds of attention to the doxology. Praise Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. It, it, it was good <laughs> theology, and I, I never really knew what it, what it meant. And I think we also hear that same verbiage in baptisms and in marriage ceremonies. I've heard the minister say, I now pronounce you husband and wife in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we run into the doctrine of the Trinity often. Sometimes we we don't even recognize it. We baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I wonder, Jen, because I didn't, did anybody ever explain the Trinity to you? Some may have tried and (laughs) failed. I think probably some of the most humbling experiences for me as a teacher in a faith-based environment is actually trying to teach the idea of the Trinity. I think I pulled out anything from ice cubes to apples and cores and seeds and all these analogies. Absolutely heretical analogies. Which I think we're going to talk about (laughs) later, how some of these analogies are absolutely wrong. But imagine this concept that most adults can't wrap their minds around trying to explain to a kindergartner. Yeah. What Sometimes it it's to, even harder to simplify oh, it down. Oh, absolutely, you know? because I think kids often, like, we probably have, well, that's what the pastor said, so it right. must be right. Yeah. I, I, never, I never remember hearing an explanation probably until I got into Bible mm. college. Uh, you know, the Trinity was never proved. It was always assumed, though, mm. and it wasn't explained, but we we sure sung about it a lot. And <laughs> Absolutely. I don't remember hearing it preached, um, but 
you know, it, it, again, it was there was just these assumptions made, and that, that was true then, and I think that's that's true now, except for a couple of classes in seminary. I, I've never heard many lessons at all on this subject. I've never heard a preacher really try to defend it. Mm-hmm. I was going back and trying to think of, I've been preaching for 36 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've preached a whole lot about it. If it comes up, you know, I, I, I touch on it, but I've never done a series. Maybe that's a good thing to do. Maybe we'll do a series on the Trinity. Sure. But on the other hand, I've never heard anybody really try to deny it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really recall... Anybody hardly ever asking me about it. Hmm. So the Trinity, I think, is kind of a doctrine that we all believe, but we never discuss. You know, it's it's kind of like the uncle we all have. You know, he's we always know he's there, there in the corner, but we don't talk about him. You know, and either we all understand it, and therefore we don't need to talk about it, or none of us understands it, and therefore. We can't talk about it. And I think I, that's probably more likely. Yeah, the case. I, I yeah. cheerfully admit I probably <laughs> fall into the latter category more often than not. You know, and uh, although we, we want to give some explanation on this podcast to the doctrine of the Trinity, I Absolutely. would not say that I understand it. I'm not sure anyone really does, but that doesn't make it untrue. Mm-hmm. Most of the things, I, well, maybe not most, but many of the things we believe we don't fully understand. And nowhere is that statement more true. Than when we come to speak about God Himself, yeah, the fullness, the wholeness mm-hmm. of God. So, what does the Bible teach about the Trinity? And then here's a big question: Why should we really care? It's <laughs> kind of easier just such to an say, easy "Oh, it's true," but yeah. why do I really need to know? Well, let's. Um, you know, that's a hard question. Um, but let's start with a couple of concepts that we need to get our minds around first. The word Trinity is nowhere found in the Bible. <laughs> the, the word Bible is not found in the Bible either, but the, that's actually not unusual because there are a number of theological concepts not found explicitly in the Bible mm. that Bible scholars and uh, church history and church tradition, we it's been validated over the past you know thousands of years. The absence of direct teaching from the Bible and the Trinity makes it hard to find a passage of Scripture from which to launch out to teach about it. When you're looking for it, you can find it, but there's not a chapter we can go to where the Trinity in and of itself is explained. Mm. The second reason we tend to shy away from it is because it's a topic, a concept, from the academic discipline side of things that's called systematic theology. And systematic theology, which we engage in, that's what this podcast is, uh, in a sense, it really is just an attempt by theologians to craft a an understandable coherency. Uh, coherency, coherency, coherency. Coher- I don't know how to say coherency it. Of coherency. It's something that's coherent of what God does, His work. So, typically, systematic theologies are crafted from Scripture, but the topics of that theology tend to be conceptual. And therefore, they get a little bit difficult to explain the way it doesn't put people to sleep. So, Jen, wake up. I'm trying. I'm, st- I'm trying to drag you. <laughs> the primary reason I, I think, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the concept of the Trinity is because it's one of those doctrines that Christians worldwide affirm. That's why we really need to look at this. But we have, a, we have a difficulty explaining the idea of one God in three persons— you know, one, uh, three and one, it's a concept we just have difficulty getting our heads around. It's, 
Sometimes it's just plain difficult to explain. And every time we do, we generally kind of mess it up. And I think because of that, it's one of those things that naysayers or hole pokers will say, oh, yeah, so talk to me about this God that's three in one. What does that mean? And so I think that leaves a lot of us going. And we we porky pig it. (laughs) I don't know what you mean. (laughs) Well, I recall several years ago, a book titled The Shack became a bestseller, and then mm-hmm. later it became a movie. Did you know it was a movie later? I think I did. I didn't I'm sure you were first in line it. to see it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but the story was compelling. You know, one aspect of the book that sparked conversation, disagreement, and really some, some righteous anger among Christians was that the author, William Paul Young, represented the Trinity in a way that I'd never seen it before. I don't and there was probably a reason for that, but go may ahead. may have been. So anyway, so for God the Father, if you if you aren't familiar with the book or haven't, haven't seen the movie, for God the Father, Young portrayed God as a large, boisterous black woman who was outgoing but very warm-hearted and kind. I think Octavia Spencer played her in the movie. Mm-hmm. And for God the Holy Spirit, Young's persona was that of an Asian woman dressed in these bohemian bright colors who just seemed to kind of dart and flitter along with a Tinkerbell fairy-like quality. And for Jesus, the author stayed pretty much to the stereotype. He was a workman. He had on jeans and a flannel shirt and a tool belt. And they worked on some projects out mm-hmm. there together in the course of the the plot as it unfolded. But each of these personas of God showed unique characteristics. They had a specific role to play in this fictional story. And you, you've got to give the author um, points for creativity, uh, but his attempt to give the Trinity personality fell well short of capturing the theology fully. Um, Let's talk about the word Trinity for a second. That that simply means tri-unity, three in one. There's there's only one true and living God. And Deuteronomy 6.4, pretty clear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's called the Shema in uh, Hebrew. Jesus affirmed that that truth when he, he quoted the same verse in Mark 12. Uh, the New Testament supports the fact God is one, Romans 3. There is only one God. That's Romans 3.30. 1 Timothy 1.17. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be glory and honor forever and ever. So, okay, with that in mind, maybe it would be helpful to just stop right there and define the Trinity, and then maybe we could look at some examples in the Bible of those parts. Good idea. Well, the Bible teaches us that the Father is God, that Jesus is God, that the Holy Spirit is God. And the Bible also teaches us there's only one God, though we can understand some facts about the, um, the relationships of the different persons of the Trinity to one another. Ultimately, it's fully, you know, is it fully comprehensible to our minds? But even, you know, the answer is no. It's not fully comprehensible to our minds. But however, again, that doesn't mean that it's not true or that it's not based on the teachings of the Bible. The Trinity is one God existing in three persons. So we need to understand that this is not in any way suggesting three gods. We've got to also keep in mind when studying this that the word Trinity is not, as we said, not found in the Bible. It's a, it's a term used to attempt to describe the triune God, three coexistent, co-eternal persons who are God. Just like the hymn. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So 
where in the Bible do we actually see the Trinity? Do we see the Trinity at work in the Bible? So I've got some verses here, and we'll go through them. They're all extremely brief, just really sentences. But why don't we take... Why don't we take some turns reading them real quick? The first one is in Luke 3. Uh, and we, we, here's where we, these Bible verses, we start to see the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him, that's Jesus, in bodily form like a dove. That's at, the baptism, at his baptism. And a voice came out of heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now you see the Spirit descending like a dove. Jesus being baptized and the voice of God the Father speaking from heaven. So there you've, you've got the Trinity in Scripture. And then you kind of see all three pieces of it in John 15, 26. When the Helper comes, whom I, Jesus, will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. So you see a little glimpse of all three mm-hmm. there. Acts 2.33, therefore having been exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, that's Jesus, has poured forth this which you both see and hear. So we see the Trinity in Acts 2.33. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the one from 2 Corinthians 13.14. It's probably used in benediction yeah, in, I a, love, this in a lot of churches. My favorite benediction. A beautiful statement. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's beautiful. And there, there you have the Trinity. Um, Peter writes, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father... By the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Again, there's there's the Trinity. So as we go through these scriptures, I can't help but notice these are all coming from the New Testament. Do we have any reference of the Trinity mentioned in the Old Testament? Well, you see the Trinity in a number of places, but for the sake of time, let, let me just share just one. Isaiah 48, 16 we find the words of the Messiah saying this, uh, um, God saying, Come near to me, uh, listen to this, that's the Son. From the first I have not spoken in secret, from the time it took place I was there, and now the Lord God, there's the Father, has sent me, and his Spirit, and there's the Holy Spirit. So the Messiah, the Son is speaking, talking about that the Father has sent me, and his Holy Spirit. And if you didn't know that was in Isaiah, you would think it was in the New Testament Mm. because Jesus said very similar things in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we push back, if I push back, if I'm playing devil's advocate, we've covered the interesting, we've covered the amazing, we've even touched on the hard for us to comprehend. At the end of the day, I'm still asking... Why should we care? <laughs> I mean, because I think in order to apply something, it has to mean something to you, right? So what difference does it make to us as Christ followers if we really adhere to or, or believe in biblical knowledge of the Trinity? Exactly. I mean, the purpose of this podcast is to help us make application of theological and doctrinal principles of the Bible. So if we don't make some application of this to our lives— We've just done this sort of ivory tower religious exercise, and there's enough of that going on in the world. That's not I know anybody. what the Trinity is. I can <laughs> yeah. explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so good theology, good biblical doctrine, is, it's important, but we've got to um, 
live our experiences of, of God's people, as God's people, as we interpret God's work in this real world in which we live. So, Jen, one of the reasons we should care about the Trinity and be aware of its uniqueness, one in three, three in one, is this, I think. Without a balanced view of all three persons of the Trinity, we can misinterpret the work of God in this world. Hmm. For instance, if we emphasize some aspects of God in the Old Testament and we subordinate Jesus in the Spirit, then we come away with a picture of a God of wrath, a God of judgment. There's no compassion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just wiping out people. And, you know, you, you can really come away with a very skewed picture mm-hmm. uh, of God if we emphasize some aspects of him in the Old Testament. If we emphasize the person of Jesus to the exclusion of God the Father and the Holy Spirit, we miss out on the fact that God sent Jesus because the whole reason we know Jesus is because God so loved the world. So salvation is the work of God and the Father, and that salvation extends not just to individuals but to his creation as well. And finally, if we emphasize the Holy Spirit more than the Father or the Son and all the charismatic experiences and the miraculous gifts of the Spirit. It's easy to lose sight of God as creator, Son as redeemer, and the role that the Spirit played and plays in both of those aspects of God's work. Hmm. All this (laughs) is a a lot to take in, to say the least. And I don't know, what is that phrase? You feel like you're drinking from a Fire, drinking, drinking from a from fire, fire hydrant, hydrant, something like that. And that's kind of how you feel when you kind of take in some of this. But I think ultimately it's comforting to me, I, and I think we should feel she'll feel pleased to realize that our God is so big and so great that he really defies our comprehension. I mean, it right. would be kind of disappointing to worship a God that we could figure everything out about and could fit into these limited categories and these mm-hmm. tiny little boxes. And instead, we get to worship this amazing, beautiful God who exists as three and as one. I couldn't agree more. You said it so well. And we've got a little bit of a help. Um, I need pictures. You know, I, Are you I, a visual learner? I'm a visual learner. <laughs> and so if you'll check out our show notes today, we've got a little diagram on there, which may help you. So go, go to jeffcranston.com. Check out today's show notes. There's a little diagram of the Trinity, and maybe it'll maybe it'll be helpful to you. So along with those show notes, as we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember, as we say every week, that the real power of theology is not just in knowing it, but applying it. Thank you so much for joining us today, wherever or however you're listening, from school or work or working out, or maybe while you sat at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee. Thanks so much for joining us. We would love to hear from you. Maybe today's podcast stimulated a question or two. In a few weeks, we will be devoting another entire podcast to answering your questions, so keep them coming. Just shoot us an email at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. Ask a question, tell us where you're listening from, and a little bit about yourself. We'd love to get to know you better. 
Also, if you'd like, head on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and subscribe. Maybe even leave a rating or review. As you know, this is super helpful because the more ratings and reviews that are left, the more people can find out about Kitchen Table Theology. And we can reach more and more people with God's Word. Additionally, you can head over to jeffcranston.com for show notes on this and other podcasts. And for this podcast, we've placed a very simple and helpful diagram to understand the Trinity better. See you next time when our topic will be God the Father in relation to the Trinity. You won't want to miss it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.